0: Symptoms: irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness. This is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol Myers Squibb. Don't call it a comeback. I'll have hair for years.
1: Wake up in the morning feeling like P. D. Grab my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city before I leave. Brush my
2: teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for Coming back. I'm talking. Live
1: from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios.
2: If someone daily wrote or tweeted about me and this show, I would read everything about it.
1: This is the
2: Press Box. Would you feel box. disrespected though? Eh. Oh yeah, depends, on, you. depends on who it is. Right. With Grady and Bischoff. Hold on, Jared's disappointed in you. Lost by a beak. I have some important horse updates for you.
1: Oh, I was going with the chicken because I talked
2: to someone close to you yesterday, and he agreed that you lost by a beak. We did. Well, we won by a beak and got screwed by the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah screwed. <laughs> <Right. That's> okay. <laughs> we made twenty bucks yesterday. Uh, still wasn't a good day. Uh, our horses—they uh, changed the class system. Very good for our horse named High Card. Uh, we're qualifying for a tournament. You got to race five races to qualify high card won four of his five qualifying races Whoa! uh Uh-oh. tournaments at three o'clock today quarterfinals quarterfinals quarter,
1: and quarterfinals include how many horses
2: uh well there'll be 12 in our race top three advance and then there's a semifinals where there's 12 in ours top three advance and then a final where it's just 12 horses money on the line yes the qualifying no money so we didn't get anything for those four wins but if we finish top three in the quarterfinals we get some money in advance all right. Very exciting. Great start for high card. Very. Ho- horses are back. I, at- haven't he- I haven't heard about high card in a long time. Yeah, we slowed down on the horses. Yeah. Slowed down. You went
1: strong into those chickens. Yeah.
2: Eh, we're still strong. I don't care We raced like 25 about- times yesterday.
1: I don't care anything about the chickens except their individual
2: talents. Eh, you got to wait for those. We'll be turning into dinosaurs soon.
3: <laughs> the First okay. Bite. Is Marc-Andre Fleury coming back to the Golden Knights?
2: No, before we get into this, can I just say the Golden Knights are the best organization in sports for talk radio?
1: Okay. Mm They they are
2: the way this organization is run and the amount of stories they're involved in. Incredible. I mean, the Washington football team would like to No, that is not good sports radio. People they're involved in stories, not not good ones for sports radio. People don't want to turn on and hear three hours of, well, The owner, uh, he might be the worst person on the planet Earth. They want to tune in to hear, hey, this organization might be going after the biggest name at the trade deadline again. They might be going after the biggest name in the offseason again. It's phenomenal. Every story. They they traded for Jack Eichel when they were already over the salary cap. Jack Eichel Day. And today's Jack Eichel Day. Today's Jack Eichel Day. And we're not even starting with Jack Eichel Day because Frank Saravalli wrote a story yesterday saying that the Golden Knights... Uh, have expressed interest in a potential reunion with Marc-Andre Fleury. Saravali also said that Robin Leonard has a torn labrum and will require surgery, possibly at the end of the season, though, that he might try to play through it. Um, Pete DeBoer yesterday, when asked about this, said it is the different shoulder. Now, if you remember, Robin Leonard had surgery on his shoulder uh, in 2020. Pete DeBoer says it's the other shoulder. Frank Saravalli's report, uh, said it was the same shoulder. So, a bit of a disagreement there on which shoulder injury is there. So, Marc-André Fleury, it's going to be a golden night by the trade back. deadline. Oh, come on. There is zero chance come this on. is ever
1: happening. This is zero chance ever happening. Um, 0 zero. There's got to be say, more than zero. I'll say less than zero. No, I say there's less than zero chances ever happening. I don't believe it's happening. I don't believe it was ever happening. Um I'm not sure if I believe the report Uh, but I will say that I believe that zero is happening. And uh, I know we're going to read Dave Shane's quote here in terms of what he got from Kelly McCrimmon. uh, And I do believe McCrimmon in this sense, that there's absolutely no credence to the room at all. I wouldn't normally speak officially on such things, but there will be so much racket about this. It's important to let people know that it's not going to happen. And I do think that's one of the times he would talk, and only because of the player involved. Because the weirdness... And the response to anything Mark Andre Fleury does in this crazy town—that I don't think he wanted to put up with forty people asking him and the fan base going nuts and thinking this is going to
2: happen. So here's the problem, though, with this statement: it didn't do him any good with the fan base. Well, no, because non- gro-
1: they don't—they don't believe anything he says, <laughs> and
2: they've earned that. The Golden Knights <laughs> have earned that. Yeah. I mean, Kelly McCrimmon said in the off-season they were happy with their center depth and they didn't need to go acquire Jack Eichel. Right. Then they went and acquired Jack yeah. Eichel. Like Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee have earned the skepticism that comes with any time um, they say something. You don't. You shouldn't believe it. I mean, I, ask them about someone's injury. I'm not going <laughs> to deny that at all. I just
1: think in this instance that there's no chance he's coming. Is there? Zero. Is there no chance he's coming just because of what Kelly McCrimmon said? Um, I think there's reasons he said what he does. What he did, and I just think that. There's, if you know Cervelli and some of the agency deals with, then I just don't believe the report. And I think that he's not coming. And I think that I'm not saying they won't trade for a goalie, especially if Robin Leonard is hurt and is out an extended time. I'm just pretty sure it's not this goalie.
2: So that's the key part. Is Robin Leonard hurt? And is Robin Leonard? Going, well, how hurt, hurt is at he? the moment? But he's is he, he's is he going to miss time yeah. is how confident are the yeah. Golden Knights that Robin Leonard is playing in the playoffs? Right. How confident are they? that he's that's playing game one of round playoff. one. Right. Of the playoffs. Right. If they're 100% confident, they don't need to trade a goalie, trade for a goalie, right? They're fine. Like they're just, they're who they are. If they're not confident, Robin Leonard's going to be ready to go for game one of the playoffs. They have to trade, have for, to a trade for a goalie. They have to yeah. figure this out because Laurent Brossois you cannot go into the, the playoffs expecting to win a Stanley Cup right. with Laurent Brossois right. You cannot do it. So if there's any question as to whether or not Robin Leonard is able to play or is going to be ready to go for the playoffs, you you probably need to try to figure out something goalie wise. Now, Fleury obviously brings a lot of baggage, right? To this. Brings a lot of it. But I'll say this about Kelly McCrimmon. If he is he, I think what he said yesterday is being a bad general manager. Because if Mark Andre Fleury is the best goalie that's available at the trade deadline, the Golden Knights should try to acquire Mark Andre Fleury. And again, this is all if Robin Leonard is out. If Robin Leonard's hurt, Flurry's the best goalie at the deadline, they should try to acquire well, Marc Andre Flurry.
1: And there's every chance he said this knowing Leonard's going to be fine.
2: Yes, absolutely. No doubt about that. But the premise of Frank Saravalli's story was Robin Leonard's hurt, and if he misses time, they need to go trade for a goalie. Nobody's suggesting they're trading for Flurry if Leonard's fine, right? That's not the suggestion. No, the suggestion no. is Leonard's hurt, might have to have surgery. If he does, his season's over. And the Golden Knights would rather start anybody than, than Laurent Broussard or Logan Thompson in the playoffs. And here's the thing. The Golden Knights as an organization, everything they have done suggests that they would try to go get Marc-Andre Fleury. This is an organization that every single trade deadline, every single offseason, is going out trying to find the biggest name. Every single yep. time since they've yep. been an organization, they've been going out trying to find the big name. It's why Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, Jack Eichel are on this this team. This is what they do. It's why Robin Leonard's on this team too. This is what they do. That's what they do. This is what they have always done. And more importantly, Kelly McCrimmon not being interested in trading for Marc-Andre Fleury is because Kelly McCrimmon would be worried about feelings. He'd be worried about how his front office feelings would be, how Marc-Andre Fleury's feelings would be, how maybe other players in the locker room feelings would be, how the fans' feelings would be. When has this organization ever cared about anyone's feelings?
1: It's it's never cared, and you're right. They've I mean, always gone after big people. I just Again, I'll go back to my original thought. I think they know Robin Leonard's going to play.
2: If that's and the if case. if he's going to
1: play, then you, Mark Andre Fleury has no business even being involved. In then any they don't need a talk. goalie. Yeah. Right.
2: They don't need one at all. Now, no. Leonard's not, we're talking about them needing a goalie, what the trade deadline's at the end of March, a month and a half, right? Yeah. We're talking about it's that. a long time. Whether it's Leonard or not, and listen, or Fleury or not, Flurry might not end up being the best goalie that gets moved at the trade right. deadline, right? There's, uh, I think, uh, what, Simeon Varlamov in New York might, maybe he gets moved, right? There are other goalies that could get moved that could be better than Flurry, and that's who the Golden Knights should be chasing. But there's no guarantee A, those other goalies get moved. There's no guarantee Flurry gets moved either, but he's no. certainly on a, a bad team, and they could trade him before the trade deadline. So, but the Golden Knights, if Leonard's out, need to be going after a goalie because. While Robin Leonard is probably not the best player on this team. I'm assuming we're going to see the best player on this team play his first game for the organization tonight. I believe Robin Leonard is the most important player on this team. Oh,
1: I we said that walking into practice yesterday with, you know, we talk, we were talking about well, we were talking about the show. Some people heard about it in terms of if everyone was healthy, what a top nine, what a great nine. And I was walking in with Danny Webster, and we both said, yeah, what, how, how's Robin Leonard going to be? <laughs> because if Robin Leonard... Is gonna give up four goals a game and the pressure on that top nine
2: is to score five, then you've got a lot of problems. Right. Robin Leonard's the most important player on this yes. team. He is the Absolutely. He is the least replaceable right. player on the team. Absolutely. Right? if you told me right now Mark Stone's season is over. If you told me right now Mark Stone is done, is not gonna play in the regular season or the postseason, right? I still would believe the Golden Knights could win the Stanley Cup, right? It's a lot harder, but they could do it. The rest of the roster is good like there are other good forwards if you told me right now robin leonard's season is over they're not winning no. the stanley cup unless well, they acquire a goalie i'll turn
1: it back on you and say and I, no one wants this to happen but jack eichel just can't go and he comes up short and for whatever on the injury but mark stone comes back i still think they could win the stanley yeah. cup if robin leonard played yeah. well
2: absolutely you like their three best players or should be three best players are mark stone jack eichel yeah. and alex petrangelo right right those should be their three best players if you told me any one of those three are out I still think they can win the Stanley Cup. If Leonard plays well. right. Because Leonard is more important or less yes. replaceable than those three. Right. Because he's absolutely. supposed to be the goalie of the team. And at the same time, like you said, top nine can be great. If they give up four goals a game in the playoffs, they're going home. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's that's happening. You're not you're not scoring five goals a game in no. the playoffs, most likely. So that he's the most important player on the yeah, team. Yeah, Absolutely. If they're 100% confident he's healthy and good to go and, and he just needs whatever, a week, two weeks, whatever it ends up being. Hell, even if it's a month, it's February 16th. Even if he needs a month, fine. It's fine. You don't need to trade for a goalie. You'll float and survive for the next month, week, whatever it is with Brossois and Logan Thompson. But if there's any doubt that Robin Leonard's going to be ready to go for not the postseason. Excuse me, yeah, not ready to go. They have to do something. Yeah. Like They have to make a goalie. And that's, by the way, salary cap-wise, I'm not sure how it happens. I guess.
1: Well, you'd have to have someone retain some like, money.
2: Yeah, and like Leonard.
1: They did that with
2: Leonard. Yeah, he, uh, they traded him to Toronto so yeah. that two teams could retain salary. They so, did it with um, Mark. Yeah. So, but can you, I should have looked this up. If you're already using long-term IR, can you add more long-term IR to acquire a new player? That sounds illegal, mm. but it also sounds illegal that they're going to play the playoffs with a full healthy roster that's $10 million over the cap. Right. So I, I should have looked that up exactly how the long-term IR works when you're already using it, because I feel like you're not allowed to just keep pushing more into it. I feel like you have to do it all at once, but I might be wrong on that. So I'm not even sure how possible it is that they trade for a goalie, but Leonard's the most important player on this team. Absolutely. And if, if there's any doubt, they probably need to do something because Laurent brossois is not good enough and also makes that. Signing look a little bit worse because they gave him over two million dollars, and I don't think anybody would sit here and be confident that Laurent Brossois starts Game One of the playoffs. That they're even that they're even winning the first round. I mean, if you told me they're playing the Kings in Round One and you say Laurent Brossois in goal, I don't even know if I'm confident they're right. beating the Kings in Round One because you don't you have no idea what you're getting with Laurent, uh, Laurent Brossois back there. So, Golden Knights, bring back Flurry. Do you know how much fun that would be, Ed? Do you know how great that I don't? Would
1: be? I don't even want to fathom how oh. incredible it would be. How incredible it would be with fan base with media with everyone in town if that guy came back God, you know what they need to incredible.
2: do they need to call somebody up from the minors that steals 29 and wears 29 and then flurry <laughs> comes here and he can't wear 29 that's my plan all right coming up next the raiders they gonna give Derek carr a whole bunch of money
3: me to john madden and i mean i had so many people after john passed so sorry for your loss almost as if he was my grandfather and, and I take considerable pride in that uh, because I love John. And I, 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 I knew, I sensed the great relationship that we had. And I looked forward to him doing one of my games. For one reason, we were on prime time. But for the other reason, we got to spend time together. And, and he, was, he was a larger than life figure, if you didn't know him. And he was even larger than life. If you did know him, and I'm I'm just thankful for my relationship with
1: him. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas.
2: Greg Wyshynski is going to join us at 730. Talk some Golden Knights, maybe a little Olympic hockey as well. But the Raiders, until we get an actual final decision here. Derek Carr rumors. Jordan Schultz reported yesterday with the full support of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. The Raiders plan to offer Derek Carr top-tier quarterback money. I'm told that Carr is seeking in the range of 35 million plus. It's also worth noting that both sides are open to a short-term <clears throat> extension. So, we've now heard uh from quite a few places, uh, locally and nationally, about the Raiders and Derek Carr getting an extension. I'll give you these numbers though, on 35 million a year. That would tie Derek Carr right now as the fifth Highest paid quarterback in the NFL next season by average salary. Some guys get more money earlier or later, but average salary on their contracts. Fifth highest in the NFL with Russell Wilson behind Patrick Mahomes, who's at 45, Josh Allen, who's at 43, Dak Prescott, who's at 40, and Deshaun Watson, who is at 39. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, still there, making a bunch of money. Still $39 million. <laughs> but that would basically tie. Need car- it for his legal defense <laughs> As uh, they make him a top five quarterback. In terms of average salary, if he got a deal that paid him thirty-five million dollars per year, now one slight caveat to that: Carr has one year left on his deal. He's only going to make nineteen million this coming up season. So if he gets an extension and it's thirty-five million a year, that doesn't go. That's not going to go into effect until the following year, right? But should the Raiders? Make Derek Carr a top five paid quarterback. Can they win if Derek Carr is a top five paid quarterback in the NFL?
1: Win at what level? Because I think they can win at the level that they get back to the playoffs. I don't know if they can win at the level that they win a Super Bowl. I was going to say win a Super Bowl. No. I don't think so. Okay. No. I don't think so. I think they can get back to the playoffs with him. But if that's the rest of the roster, um, then I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. So should they give
2: him the extension then? If they can't get See, to the I, Super
1: Bowl, I said this yesterday. I think they should give him an extension. Um, we said it yesterday. Do you give him a short term or a long term? I don't think it really matters because it's just going to be how the money averages out and what the guaranteed is. Um, but if you don't think if you don't think you're going to tag him, if you think there's other people, if the other and I keep saying I think they're going to tag Max Crosby. So if you've come to that conclusion already, I don't know if I don't give him something because you know if it really really works out. I guess you could extend, extend him after next year and after he plays for $19 million. But I think if you extend him and it doesn't work out, uh, you could trade him and get assets back. Um, I, I would extend him. I'd extend him. I have no problem with extending Derek Carr. And, you know, we've talked about this before. I guess what does the market bear for a guy who's an eight-year starter? Went to the playoffs, but he's only been to the playoffs one time. So I never worry about like I. People always get caught up in the money. Like I never worry about the money. I, I don't care what people make. I I've I've always said that. I don't. If he can make thirty-five, if his agent can negotiate that, then good for Derek Carr. I don't care.
2: Well, yeah, of course, good for yeah. Derek Carr. But it's a salary cap sport, and you got to win a super. If you're trying to win a Super Bowl, having the cheapest players. Is more important if they're good, yeah. Like, if you could get if the Raiders had Derek Carr playing for five million a year, well, that will, that's significantly <laughs> that different than 35 million sure, a year, but you never so, would play for five, right? But that's the so the but the interesting part of the conversation is, do you think they can win a Super Bowl if is getting paid that much? You say no, I say no, Jared says no. Do you think Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler think they can win a Super Bowl if they give Derek Carr 35 million or more? I year. think they probably yeah. believe they can. <laughs> do they? I think they think a I lot think of things. So I mean, if you don't think you're going to win at all,
1: I guess then why do you give them that much money? And uh, we're just saying, comparative to what we think in the room, what they think in the room. If they don't think they can win at all, I don't know why you would extend them.
2: So it goes simply to uh, an adjustment of what your goal is as an organization, right? Obviously, your everyone, every organizational goal is to win the Super Bowl, but. Should be. In reality, that's probably not the case for most organizations. No. And I think it's realistic that the Raiders would deem the next if let's say they give Card a two year extension, they would deem the next three years successful if they went to the playoffs twice and won a single playoff game, right? If we if we're talking three three years down the road, Josh McDaniels has taken the Raiders to the playoffs two times in three years and they won a wild card game and lost a divisional round game, right? We're probably talking about that being a, a successful three-year run for the Raiders, even though there's no Super Bowl involved. There's no AFC championship, even just appearance involved. We're talking about that as success. And I think that's the that's been the important conversation for the entire offseason with the Raiders is what is their actual organizational goal. And I think that's it. I think the goal is to simply be a good NFL team. I don't think their goal – I mean, they they'll say it is, but I don't think their goal is to actually win the Super Bowl – I think their goal is to simply be a good NFL team.
1: I think the goal of the guy atop at is to win the Super Bowl.
2: If that's Mark Davis's goal, he's got to he's got to implement mean, a rebuild. I,
1: I think that that's yeah,
2: but he won't do that. He's got to know he has know. to know better. If his goal is to well, win a Super Bowl, he has to know better. He's I, had Derek as quarterback. Know if he knows better. Been, he has not had David Carr? How many people have been a part of this <laughs> organization for the Carr. last eight years? How many people have been a well? This will be Mark Davis and Derek Carr. Is yeah. there anyone else? This will be. I want to guess. I
1: saw it the other day. Is this his sixth head coach?
2: Oh, it's Something crazy like that. This is his fifth or sixth head yeah. coach in eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So, how many? So, that's, but that's the thing. Mark Davis has been sitting here with Derek Carr as his head coach for, or as his quarterback for eight years. And they haven't even come close. They've, they've barely made it to the playoffs a couple of times. Like, if Mark Davis, if his objective is to win a Super Bowl as soon as possible. He's got to be smarter than that. He's got to know that he's not winning a Super Bowl with this roster and Derek Carr. He's either got to have a significantly better roster, which means you can't pay Derek Carr $35 million, or a significantly better quarterback, which are very, very hard to come by because Carr is one of the 12 best in the league. It's hard to find somebody better than that. Like, if Mark Davis' goals win a Super Bowl, he's got to know better than that. He's got to know he can't do it with Carr making $40 million a year.
1: Okay. I think they're
2: going to extend him and give him 35 to 40 I do, too. I mean, it very much seems like that's going to happen. I think that's what's going to happen. And and I'll say that, listen, I don't have a problem if the Raiders' goal is to simply make the playoffs for the next three years. I don't, don't, like, we all talk about, like, making the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl and championship or bust. This is an organization that's been in the playoffs twice in 18 years. Two times in 18 years. If you told me they sat down and said, listen, yeah, winning the Super Bowl would be nice and all, but in reality... Let's win 10 games. Let's go to the playoffs and let's try to do that two or three times in a row. I'd have no problem whatsoever if that's what their goal was. Can't really say that out loud because you're going to get absolutely crushed by fans and us. But if they said our goal is to simply, we want to win 10 games and go to the playoffs, I'd have zero now, issue with that.
1: Don't you think you, I thought in the past, did you think they should strip it?
2: If the goal is to win the championship, yes. If your goal is to win the Super Bowl, they should blow this entire thing up. They're not catching the, the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Bills and the Bengals and the Ravens, right? They're not doing it. They are in a terrible time frame in the AFC. Absolutely horrible time frame in the AFC. They may be behind the Steelers,
1: depending on who their starting
3: quarterback is. Right now well, it's Mason
2: Rudolph,
1: so we're not saying
2: that. Okay.
3: But
1: their starting
2: quarterback
3: could
1: be Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> their starting quarterback could be Deshaun Watson if he gets cleared of charges. But
2: yeah, if you're if, if they want to win the Super Bowl, tear it down. Right. That's what they should do. But if they want to win 10 games, if they want to just be a competent NFL football team, right, that wins 10 games, is very competitive in most of the games they play, they can go to the playoffs. They can. I mean, listen, if things go right, you can win some playoff games. Right. We saw that this year. Right. If things break right, you get in. You can win some playoff. Yes. If that's what they want to do. That's fine because of where this organization has been for the last 18 years. That would be a massive improvement. They've been twice in 18 years. If you told me they went two more times in three years, that's incredible for them. It's unbelievable. Coming up next, Greg Wyshynski joins the show. Now boarding. Peter Solarek, the ex-Boston Bruins. Solarek shoots
3: and scores. Slovakia takes a one nothing lead in round four. We're
2: back to the press box with Grainy and Bischoff. Joining us now from ESPN is Greg Wyshynski. Greg, how's your sleep schedule with Olympic hockey?
0: <laughs> it's insane. Uh, it's like three hours a night. You know, I I'd complain, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, do, put myself through pain. I get done watching the hockey game the other night and die hard's on. So now I'm <laughs> watching die hard. and It's like four <laughs> in the morning. But what am I supposed to do? Not watch die hard for the 500th time?
2: <laughs> I mean... You could try to sleep, but sleep might be overrated. All right. Is USA Canada women's hockey a better rivalry than anything in the NHL?
0: Yes, it is one of the best rivalries in all of sports. It's the best rivalry in hockey. And it's not even close what number two would be, probably because of the diminishing returns, of the Penguins Capitals rivalry. Um, But it's great. And it's, you know, it's been going on for decades. This is the, they played in the first, women's Olympic hockey gold medal game in 1998 in Nagano. Uh, they've met in every Olympic final, save for 2006. Uh, since then, uh, the U.S. has won twice. Canada's won the, the gold four times. Um, but every game that they play is is intense. It's close. Um, and it's not simply just like we're trying to win a gold medal. It, it, you know, Natalie Spooner of, of Team Canada put it succinctly when she said we're trying to prove that they don't belong on the same ice, which is like the level of rivalry that we're talking about here. So it is, it is an incredible, uh, you know, advertisement for the game of hockey, uh, on top of it being obviously the pinnacle of women's hockey.
1: Was well, a good uh, advertisement with the USA and Slovakia and what happened there? And they, they got stunned. I saw, I saw on Twitter where you said you hate to admit it, but you really thought they might win.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't that I got sucked into the Miracle and Ice propaganda like that, that certain places were putting out there, because it wasn't like that. I mean, this was a good, a good hockey team that was probably on an even keel with a number of teams in this tournament, and there wasn't some Soviet Union that was like rolling through everybody. Um, but I was excited, man. They, they, when the NHL decided not to go, they opted to bring 15 current uh, NCAA players with them to Beijing to make up this, the majority of this team. And as an American hockey fan... I've waited my entire life to see a team play with offensive tempo and take the fight to their opponents and, and really get creative offensively in the Olympics. Most of the time it's us trying to like win beat Canada one nothing in the Olympics. <laughs> and this was a team that was like super exciting offensively. And and to to kind of see them, you know, the best thing and the worst thing about this team was that inexperience, was that youthful exuberance. And and unfortunately in the third period last night They squandered a ton of power play time, clutching their sticks, not being effective, um, gave up uh, the game-time goal in the last minute, and then didn't score a goal in the shootout. You could just kind of see the moment sort of overwhelm some of these younger players, um, on top of there being some specious coaching decisions by David Quinn. Uh, So they're out, and it sucks because I really thought they had a chance to win gold this year.
2: All right. In the NHL, how fair is the skepticism surrounding Mark Stone's injury and the use of long-term IR to get Jack Eichel on the ice?
0: Uh, I think skepticism is fine. I also think that, you know, you got to believe him when they say that the guy's back is wonky, and I think that Mark Stone is a competitor that probably wouldn't, you know, sit there and take this if there wasn't some reason for him to at least be out of the lineup for a little bit. But, you know, I've, I've often seen, in, in both the case of, of Mark Stone and the Golden Knights and, and Nikita Kucherov and the Tampa Bay Lightning, Uh, Last year, like this notion of cheating, and it's not cheating. It's working the system that they've been presented. Um, And I think for the National Hockey League, in my conversations with them over the last two years about these sort of long-term injured reserve cap shenanigans, um, their big thing is this: if you if if you work your way around the cap without any sacrifice and just kind of like play around the numbers and stuff then we're going to be mad at you and, and we'll change a rule and, and retroactively punish you in the whole thing. Like they did with those contracts a few years ago. In this case, and, and in the lightning's case, if you're good enough to, to, you know, succeed in the regular season without Nikita Kucherov for the entirety of the regular season, good on you. If you're good enough to compete in the Pacific division and secure a playoff spot and you don't have Mark Stone for the rest of the way, which is a possibility, good on you. I mean, that's just working the system uh, as the system presents itself. And, and I mean, it's, not ideal to not have Mark Stone in your lineup if you're the if you're the Vegas Gold Knights, and yet you know it's the sacrifice you have to make in order to get Jack Eichel out there.
1: Yeah, and I mean an obvious statement. I it's the same for everyone. Not everyone can't do what these two have done, uh, given the level of players. You don't foresee then, like when the next CBA comes up, or, or enough teams saying this is wrong, and they just go to a straight cap in the playoffs.
0: Well, it's a good question, and, and sometimes when you see enough of these teams finding the same loophole. They do want to close the loophole, but like I said, they've communicated to me, the league has, that as long as there's some level of sacrifice, some level of pain on the part of these teams, they're okay with this part of the system working. Now, that said, if enough teams stand up and say this is unfair, um, it's impacting, let's say, distribution of talent around the league because the Golden Knights don't have to trade a Riley Smith or someone like that in order to make room for these players, then maybe they reconsider it, but... I don't necessarily think that it's it's a a, a huge deal right now um, for the league. And I think a number of the general managers certainly like the flexibility, especially given the the fact that the salary cap hasn't really grown in the last couple of years because of the pandemic. They like the flexibility for their own teams to be able to utilize long term injured reserve as they see fit.
2: Probably an impossible question for you to answer. But what do you expect out of Jack Eichel?
0: Well, he's been practicing for a month, which isn't playing. Um, so you imagine that there's going to still be a, an adjustment period of him to get up to, to speed and, and, and tempo of these games. Um, that said, I, I expected to be a lot of motivation on his part <laughs> to really put on a show. I mean, look, you can't ignore the context of this. This is a national television game on TNT. They're playing the Colorado Avalanche, the best team in the Western Conference. Jack Eichel is making his debut for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, it's, first of all, very Vegas to have uh, this <laughs> level of like showmanship going on to take like the L.A. Kings on Friday. This is like the marquee matchup in the NHL tonight. Um, so I imagine we're going to see him shoot out of the gate. I think he's going to have a good game tonight. And uh, the bottom line for me is I want to see a little bit of the chemistry that he can maybe develop with his wingers. Um, and, you know, above all else, I think this is not only in the short term and the long term. We want to make sure that, that uh, that the injury is all healed up and that he can play the kind of physical hockey that's going to be demanded of him
1: yeah exactly and, and William Carlson said yesterday because you know he's asked is it the hands is it the speed is everything they they say he's in shape he's been working out but more they said it's the system I mean is I think what people forget is this is a brand new team he hasn't played with these guys in a game and that might take more longer than just the actual physical tools
0: for sure, and I'm I'm really curious to see where he ultimately fits on this team. You know, I was talking to some uh, a general manager the other day about various and sundry things, and Eichel's name came up, and we were talking about the fact that the, the Vegas Golden Knights now have a significant advantage at center. I mean, with with Carlson, and uh, with Eichel, and with Stevenson. I mean, you in in theory, you don't acquire Jack Eichel to be like your third line center. But, I mean, based on how Stevenson has played in that role with, with Stone and, and based on how we know the misfit line plays together, it's not out of the realm of possibility you could throw him together with, with a couple of other guys and, and really create an amazing third line, too, if you wanted to. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he's utilized and, and overall how the center depth plays out for this Vegas team because that's the most, you know, I've said this a million times, but Bill Foley has gone out and acquired the star goalies, He's gone out and acquired the star defenseman at Petrangelo. He went out and acquired the star winger and Mark Stone. This was the next step, right? Like the star center. And and they, they don't come – they don't shine bright, much brighter than Jack Eichel. And so it's going to be really exciting to see how he fits into this lineup.
2: Greg Washinsky from ESPN with us. I have an important question for you because you referred to them as the misfit line. Is that a nationally known nickname? That's not just locally here that calls uh, them the misfit line?
0: I think it's a nationally known nick- nickname just because it's trickled out from Vegas, but also because like they're the only three players left. It seems like <laughs> from the expansion team. I mean, was, when you have stripped away everybody and shipped out Nate Schmidt and Flurry and all these other over the years, uh, you know the only three guys that really kind of carry the torch for that, especially in Marshus's case. I mean, I think guy is the embodiment of the misfit spirit. Uh, I, I think that's the the uh, perfect encapsulation of what that line is and how they play. And again, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. The most intriguing thing about the Golden Knights to me is that change, is that shift from it, it being, you know, a collection of misfits and castaways that came together and played for a cup, and how, you know, over time, uh, they've been they they've become that that kid in your high school who, uh, you know, cuts his hair and cleans up and gets a job at the bank. Like they're all about business now, you know, going out and acquiring all these high-priced veteran players and. I've, I've long, I wrote about this last year, I've long wondered whether or not destroying that vibe uh, is ultimately self-defeating or whether at some point as a franchise you just have to kind of grow up and go out and make the Eichel trade and everything else that they've done.
1: Report yesterday that they've actually reached out to Chicago. McCrimmon immediately denied it, said there's no credence to it. But the only reason he would speak on it, because he never speaks on that, and I don't know how many GMs actually speak on rumors, probably not a lot of them, is because he knew the racket that it would uh, you know, entice with this fan base and the weirdness with Flurry in this town. And he said it's just not happening. If it comes to uh, push comes to shove at the deadline and Robin Leonard's not back and he is hurt, would you believe Kelly McCrimmon that they would not go after him but another goalie?
0: I think they go after another goalie. I think the door is shut on Fleury. I I really do. I I can't imagine that with the stakes at hand for this team and the pressure on them to try to win a cup, that they would invite what would ultimately, I think, be a distraction to that team. I mean, like, look, Fleury's beloved, absolutely. I mean, you'd want him on your team. He's still a very good goalie. I think he's going to help anybody if he decides he wants to move for like a third time in the last year. But to put him in this situation... It impacts Laner if he comes back. It, it impacts everything on this team, and it, it really kind of uh, becomes a, a vibe killer in some ways as far as what they're trying to build here. So I, I don't. I, I believe him when he says that that shift of sales. But I, I would be intrigued to see what the other options are. I mean, they're not the only team that'll be looking to upgrade a goal. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, who all of a sudden uh, all of a sudden are climbing up the standings again, uh, may have a one half of a solution. Stuart Skinner, their their uh, their young goalie but they've been looking for a veteran goalie as well throughout this whole process and have found that the well is sort of dry as far as available players. So it'll be interesting to see what avenue they go down. If they do decide to add something in goal.
2: Well, he is Greg washinsky from ESPN. Greg, we appreciate your thanks, time Greg. this morning. Awesome stuff.
0: Anytime. Thanks, thanks. For having, thanks for having me.
2: Great. I'm intrigued by him saying like the, the conversations he's had with people at the NHL is that they don't really care about the long-term IR cap manipulation. Um, and it—I mean, it's a—is that? A, do you think that's a fair point? The idea of hey, if you can survive without Nikita Kucherov or without Mark Stone, you kind of deserve to be able to go over the cap once you get yeah, to the playoffs. Yeah, the
1: deserve part—I'm not so sure, but I do think a lot of GMs would say, "Well, what if we're in? What if we're ever in that place? We need to take advantage of this, so we don't want to get rid of it." Um, I, I could see that. I could see a lot of GMs still
2: wanting the rule. I think my one my one issue with sort of the NHL saying, Hey, if you can survive without Kucherov or Stone, right, like that that there that there's a punishment, right? That there's not the you're being Knights punished without right. having
1: a great player. Right.
2: The Golden Knights aren't out here playing their entire fully healthy lineup t- tonight and for the rest of the season. There right. is a you know a punishment. Mark Stone's not playing. The only problem I have with sort of that being the punishment, it's pretty easy to make the playoffs in the NHL. 8 uh, 16 of 32 teams make the playoffs, right? Like the Golden Knights in the playoffs has been a foregone conclusion since before the season started. They've right. had the most injuries I think in the entire league,
1: and they're still making it easily. They're still a foregone conclusion yeah, to make, the, make playoffs. the playoffs.
2: Like so sure, it's a punishment, it's not ideal that you play without Mark Stone for the rest of the season, but what's it going to actually impact? What's the Golden Knights actual punishment that they fall from the 1 seed to the 2 seed in the Pacific? like that's kind of it. Like there's not a real true punishment for the Golden Knights. And the same was true with Tampa Bay last year, That they're a foregone conclusion to make the playoffs even without Nikita Kucherov. So that's sort of the one thing is that when you have a, when you have an already, like you, we know a team is a cup contender. They're at the top of the league, like Tampa and Vegas is, it's not really a punishment for them to have to play uh, two and a half months without Mark stone. Right. And then you get to the postseason, and Oh, we're good to go, and we're significantly better than everybody else. All right, coming up next, Stephen Ross gonna lose his team. This, you know, for the most part, we can control our own destiny. Not that, nothing that I say a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, I know in my situation, for whatever reason, I'm just it, it was mutual and relationship not very. I mean, new with Josh, but obviously knowing Daryl, knowing Tad, you know, from my Houston days, knowing Doc. For me, it just it made sense, man. It's, it's a time where I needed to be around guys that I know that want to win and know that they are willing to do whatever it takes to win, and um, the structure here is is unbelievable.
1: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff.
2: Do you think the NFL is going to ultimately take the Dolphins from Stephen Ross?
1: I guess I'd have to answer with what's his, What's the evidence. Because if it's just Brian Flores saying he said this, unless he has it on tape, unless he has it written, then I think owners, one, it would take a lot for owners to vote another guy. Out. Even They might hate Stephen Ross. They might actually believe Stephen Ross did it, but to actually vote him out. And also, I can't believe others don't might have some skeletons in their own closets <laughs> where Stephen <laughs> Ross said, okay, you can vote me out, but uh, Jerry, what about when you did this or, you know, Mark, what about when you did this? So, what? And Brian Flores hasn't come and unless you've read something different than I have. This is just an accusation.
2: Yes, as far as I know, it's there is accus- no. He's just saying this. There's no recording. There's no email or right. whatever that said that is. Stephen Ross offered hundred thousand dollars to Brian lose. Flores. It's just Flores yeah. saying saying this. He was offered this. I'll make the probably poor assumption that Stephen Ross is smart enough to not put it in an email. <laughs> I would, I, I, I think so, but again, that's probably a bad assumption on my part. But you're, I, I, that's probably the key here. What is the actual evidence? Like, is this simply Brian? Fl- now, Flores did say that, um, or Flores' lawyer, I should say, did say that they have a witness, like they have somebody else that heard Stephen Ross offer him a hundred thousand okay. dollars. So I don't know who that's that enough. is. How who much? That, who's that right. person? So the NFL is investigating it. Um, I guess it depends on what they find. Now, I will say this: if the NFL comes back and it's conclusive, right? Like if there is an email, if there is a recording, and it's a hundred percent, Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores one hundred thousand dollars to tank or to lose a game. He's losing his team,
0: right? Well, yeah. Like then you're voting him out. If there's yeah.
1: if there's real evidence to it, you have to vote him out. You yeah. can't have an owner offering six figures for losing. I mean, I, I don't care if you have skeletons in your closet at all. I mean, it the, the would be an atrocious look if, in fact, that was proven and you don't vote the guy out and you don't make him lose his team. I I just don't think there's going to be that kind of what's the smoking gun. Yeah. I don't I, think there probably is
2: one. I think if he sent an email about it, he should he should probably lose his team just for putting it in an email, let alone the actual tanking accusations. Just don't put it in an email, dude. Come on. We got to learn. We got we to gotta be smarter than this if you're going to try to do things that you, you're breaking the rules. You gotta not put things in email. Say it out loud. Also, check Brian Flores for a wire before you sass him. <laughs> so that's actually the part that I think's funny
3: is the last major owner that got their team taken away was Donald Sterling, and he had been sued multiple times for housing discrimination. He had like reportedly like brought people around to the Clippers locker room to be like, "Look at their beautiful bodies." Right. Like he, we knew all of this. This was all a matter of public record, but until someone recorded him, until someone got him saying like the actual phrase, yes. that's what it took. Yeah. like everyone already knew the dude was a racist, right? But until we had, here is a,
1: here is him saying this. No, that's what it took. So it takes a lot. It takes actual evidence. I and, and I think, and the attorney said he might have a witness to it. I would think a lot better evidence would be an email oh, yes? or if you put something in, in writing, something, you know, something <laughs> that a recording, like Jared said, if it's just a buddy of Brian Flores saying, Hey, I heard him
2: also. Okay. After what happened with John Gruden emails to, to the Washington football team, throw in Adam Schefter in there as well. Cause he had the one email that was leaked. Uh, if there is an email of Steven Ross sending to Brian Flores offering him $100,000 for every lose. game he loses, the NFL has got to get rid of every owner in the league that has ever sent an email. <laughs> because if they can't get it together with, hey, don't put incriminating things in emails, they got to they gotta just all be gone. Just you guys are the wrong generation. You're not responsible enough to have email because the entire league is going to come crumbling down.
1: Lesson for kids out there. We say it often. Don't put anything in writing. <laughs> put
2: something in writing. <laughs>
1: And it's, I guess it's a lesson for Stephen Ross if he did it. I don't think he did it, though. I'll give him, I'll give him that much credit we as are, well.
2: We are going to be – we're giving him too much credit, I think. Like, I think we're giving him – I think he probably didn't put it in email as well. I don't think he put it in but email. But we're giving him too much credit.
3: Forward, 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 forward. Yes. Lose for cash. <laughs> <laughs>
2: do you know how great it's going to be if they if we see a screenshot of an email and there are 17 forwards on it jared oh my god
3: <laughs>
1: and it, in your google it has that little parentheses 16 or 17 because that's how many people read it replied oh, all. Reply my, all my worst thing in the world is replied all
2: Ugh. what if he did it in a reply all oh and they're like my 100 god. people on the email <laughs>
3: Yes, we'd like to talk to uh, Bill from Concessions. (laughs) Did you get the email? (laughs) Yes, I did. I replied all also.
2: Like Brian Flores sent out like a thank you email. Like, thanks guys, working hard to the entire staff. And Stephen Ross, reply all. So I got $100,000 for you if you lose on Sunday. How does that sound?
1: (laughs) Don't reply at all. It's stupid.